How are we already at episode 94 of the podcast? I, I mean, if you, if this is your first episode, you're like, I don't know, what are you even talking about? <laughs> but I've been here since the beginning. Maybe you've been here since the beginning. And it is just amazing to me that we're getting so close to 100 episodes. We are well past 20,000 downloads. And I hear little messages from you guys all the time, little check-ins just of encouragement of how various episodes are blessing you and helping you. And praise be to God for what he is doing, has done, will continue to do through the Love Your People Well ministry. So my friend, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here for episode 94 as we continue on the journey of loving our people well. We are wrapping up today a month-long series where we've been refreshing and kind of diving back into the foundational pillars of the Love Your People Well podcast, but really the foundational pillars of healthy Christian family life. So we have already taken a look at practical ways to love God well, practical ways to love yourself well, as well as practical ways to love your family, your husband, your kids. And today we're going to wrap things up looking at some practical ways, again, action steps we can take, even when life is crazy, to love others well. That might be your friends. That might be uh, people you go to church with. That might be your neighbors. It might be your coworkers. Uh, it might be others here, right here in the podcast community, especially if you're in our Facebook group. I mean, there's so many people that we interact with every day, or at least on average. I definitely have days where I don't even leave the house with my kids because life is crazy. But on average, you know, over the course of a week, we interact with so many people. And we know that God wants us to love our neighbors, to have friendships, to invest in our church. And we need to have ways to do that, that don't take away from our families, that don't distract us and overwhelm us, but that do share the love of Christ with the people around us. Encourage us and encourage others. We need relationships outside of our family, outside of our home. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So this episode will actually be a replay of a Facebook Live event that we did inside the private Facebook group a few months back at our anniversary celebration. So maybe you've heard it before, but you know, it really doesn't matter because it's always a good refresh. And that's the whole purpose of our series this month is to get back to the basics, get back to the foundation. Hopefully you've heard it before, this idea, love others well. <laughs> Hopefully you've already thought about this you're hopefully already doing some things to love all these various people in your life well, but it's always worth refreshing that, regrounding ourselves in the foundations, the priorities of our life, because life is busy and it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to let a day go by and then a week go by and next thing you know, it's been four months and you haven't called your friends. It's been four months, you haven't spent time in the word. It's been four months without a date night. It's so easy for things to get off track from where we actually want to be prioritizing our time, our energy, our emotions, and our attention. So the sound quality of the episode might sound a little bit different since it is a Facebook Live. Um, you know, and I might reference a few things that were <laughs> current at the time and not necessarily current today. That's totally fine. The meat of things, the 
um, the main points of the episode are always going to be helpful. And if you're not in our Facebook group yet, um, you really have no excuse other than, you know, if you're not on Facebook at all, that's a pretty good excuse. Other than that, we all need a community of women that is encouraging us, equipping us, supporting us, praying for us. So I really hope you will join us inside the Facebook group. There's a link in the description for today's episode. There's a link on the website at loveyourpeoplewell.com. Like it's so easy to join. It's totally free and it's encouraging and helpful. So I hope you will join us. And then in our Friday Faith Follow-Up episode this week, just like we've done every week through this series, we will specifically look at some resources that are available to help you grow in whatever areas of these foundational pillars. You might feel like, oh, this is a little bit more of a struggle, or this is the area I want to grow in during the next season. And so we will wrap that up on Friday and then, you know, and then we're done with our series. So uh, we did a series in July. We did a series in August. I don't necessarily expect we will continue that trend unless I hear from, you know, a thousand of you saying, oh, I love it. I love the month long series idea. You know, we'll see. <laughs> but that's not my plan. My plan is today is the end of this series. We have episode 94 today and then our faith follow up on Friday. And we will tackle the topic, the topic, the idea, the practical steps of loving others well. So my friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the last night of our one-year anniversary celebration. I have had a lot of fun um, just reviewing and thinking through the different pillars of this podcast and and zooming in on how to do them well when life is crazy. So tonight, I am excited for our conversation about loving others well, even when life is feeling a little bit crazy. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you're here. Let's jump in to three steps, practical steps that we can take and and I would say should take, are required to take biblically for loving others well, even when life is feeling overwhelming. And I know on the podcast, um, we talk a lot about our relationship with God managing ourselves, our own emotions, our own mental health, interacting and and those dynamics with our husband and our kids. And sometimes it can feel like we don't really hit on the loving others piece of things. Except, of course, that all of the different communication strategies or emotion regulation strategies, all these different things we talk about for family context are still really helpful with people outside of the home, with our friends and in our Bible studies and at work and with our neighbors. And sometimes it's even easier because we don't have as deep or intimate or long-term of a relationship with these people. And I, I think, or I hope that we all know that God is very clear in the Bible that we are to love him first and then love our neighbor as 
ourself. And yes, our neighbor, first and foremost, is the man sleeping right next to you, your husband, your kids sleeping in the room right next door. But it also includes your actual, literal neighbor. The people sitting next to you at church, whether you know their name or not. God wants us to be intentional in every relationship because every person we interact with is an eternal creation of God. They are made in the image of God, just like you. So we don't want to neglect those those relationships outside of the home, outside of our family, even though we do have a biblical calling to invest our energy first and foremost with these people who God has directly given us as our family unit. So there is a lot that can be said about loving our neighbor, loving others well. Um, You know, just read the Bible and you're going to see a lot of stuff about it. But when I was really thinking through the, the busyness aspect of life, there were a few things that really jumped out to me. So that's what I want us to zero in on tonight. Three practical steps for loving others well when life is crazy. And the first is our calling to offer hospitality. Now we can particularly look at this. um, A verse that I often turn to is in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. That is very simple. It's very straightforward. There are other passages that say it basically just as clearly, just as bluntly. But I think that when we're, when we're really busy and we're managing family life, especially when our kids are little and life is just crazy, we can shy back, hold back from offering hospitality and sharing our space, our home, our resources, our time with other people in part in part because we're distracted. A lot of time and energy goes into raising kids. Um, And also for a lot of us, there's a sense of not being ready. Like my home is not ready. My living room is not clean enough. I don't have a great space right now to invite people in. They wouldn't really feel welcome. They wouldn't really feel cared for. They'd be distracted or maybe even horrified by the state of the cleanliness in my home, we can get all up in our heads about all the reasons why we don't invite people into our space. But the Lord says absolutely nothing about after you have finished doing the dishes and you've vacuumed the floor and you've cleaned up off the, you know, everything's off the couch, then practice hospitality. No, he wants us to share and to invite people in, to be welcoming to people. Um, And my church actually a few years ago, I do not remember the name of the book, so I'm not even going to try to guess on it. Uh, But we read a book in our small groups about hospitality, speaking to ways that we can encourage and connect with people and offer hospitality even outside of our own home. So if that is a hang up for you, uh, looking into some resources and some creativity around that area might be really helpful. But I really don't like to hold back from offering my home, frankly. It's a hot mess. I actually today had a friend over. Um, She had texted and said, hey, can I come over during nap time? Which I'm like, okay, clearly like we need to actually talk because you know if the kids are awake then I'm pretty distracted. And, you know, she probably had to kick a few toys out of her way just to get to the couch. 
and I had to go in because there was some crying during nap time. And I come out and she's reading, you know, one of those kids books where you're like, okay, of all the things to pick up, sure. She was not thrown off by the mess of the house. And trust me, it was quite messy. Our dishwasher is broken (laughs) and the kids were chaotic. I mean, the house was a hot mess, hot mess. But I'm not going to avoid inviting my friend in to the mess and anyone who showed up. Now, I might hold the door closed briefly just to say, hey, just a warning. Things are crazy today. I'm excited for you to come in, but just a heads up. Maybe we give them a heads up. Maybe we don't because probably the people you're hanging out with, they know what it's like for life to be crazy. So don't hold back. You can invite people to come along with you when you have to run errands or go to the grocery store, go to your kid's little league game. You can invite them over to help you fold laundry. I mean, you'd be surprised the opportunities people want to take advantage of, especially if they are feeling lonely or disconnected or they have a need that you might be able to meet that has absolutely nothing to do with the cleanliness of your home or the chaos of the routine or whatever it might be that's holding you back. So practical step number one, if you want to love others well, practice hospitality. Invite them in to your mess. (laughs) I'm not saying they're responsible for your mess, but don't let the busyness, the stress, the distraction, the, the chaos hold you back from engaging in and investing in those relationships. The second step that I want to highlight is to encourage, intentionally encourage and build up the people who you have a chance to interact with. Now I'm going to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 here. In verse 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. And I don't know if you are naturally an encourager. Uh, People talk about like, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Are you an introvert? or an extrovert. And sometimes I think about this one. Are you an an encourager or, uh, well, I don't know, like maybe a quick label for the opposite, but you know, maybe you're shy or you hold back or you're just not upfront with encouraging people, building each other up. That is a skill that we all can and should practice. And it is incredibly powerful to receive encouragement from someone. Now, what would this look like practically when you're really busy and you might not be spending a lot of deep quality, long lasting time, um, even with friends or with other people you're, you're running into at church or things like that. Any opportunity that you have to offer a compliment, to catch someone like doing something kind, doing something good, verbalize that to them. There is absolutely no reason that we can't take 20 seconds out of our day, even when our kid is, you know, pulling on our shirt, mommy, 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 you can still look at the cashier and say, oh my gosh, I love those earrings. They're so cute. Now, is that going to like change her life? Probably not. You can still um, look the usher in the eyes at church and say, thank you so much as they're passing out communion or whatever it is. We can be intentional to make eye contact, to slow down for five seconds and say something to someone where we might otherwise just nod or be moving too quickly past them. We can say the compliments that we think in our head and try to notice the things people do that are helpful or encouraging. 
And this is an area, I think I really have noticed it the last few years because I would not consider myself naturally an encourager. Um, I tend to be a bit more introverted, a bit shy, a bit quiet. So I might think these thoughts, but I'm not necessarily going to reach out and initiate a conversation, um, even to offer a compliment. Now, I think I have improved in this area, but I've improved in large part because my husband is absolutely a natural encourager. Like That is probably the first personality trait if anyone's describing him. Oh, he's so encouraging. It's so, it's so encouraging to talk to him. I mean, that's just the word that comes up over and over again. And as I watch how he interacts with people, he is looking for those opportunities to offer a compliment or to say thank you for something that they did. Um, just a few weeks ago, he stayed after our church, like Sunday school hour. He popped over to one of the other girls in the class and I had commented to him, oh, I really appreciated these questions she was asking. Um, I don't remember why I didn't go tell her that myself. I'm going to give myself the benefit of the doubt and say there was a reason. Maybe not. I don't know. Next thing I know, he's over there having a conversation with her saying, thank you for these questions that you were asking. That was so encouraging. That was so challenging. Her husband came up to him later to say, thank you for encouraging my wife. That meant a lot to her. Like just seeing that little trail of what I guess started as my encouragement, but I wasn't saying it to her. He took the opportunity. He created the opportunity to share that with her. She shares that with her husband. Like encouragement goes such a long way. It takes very little time, very little effort. And even if you feel, maybe you're one of those people who feels really awkward or embarrassed to initiate conversation, especially maybe with someone you don't know very well, no one will ever be upset or bothered or put off by someone coming up to interrupt them to give them a compliment, to give them an encouragement, to tell them you did blah, 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 and it was so meaningful to me. That will never, never be an embarrassing situation. So step number two, be encouraging, build other people up every opportunity that you get. And then number three, I want us to look at, um, there's again, a few scriptures that speak to this. I am really, really challenged by and really moved by Luke chapter three, verse 11, as John the Baptist is talking with the people that he is baptizing and they're saying, okay, well, what should we do now that we're you know, repenting and turning back to God. And he says, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Friends, this is our third step. No matter how hectic life is feeling, no matter how stressed out you are feeling, give generously to the people around you. Now, I don't think we have a biblical mandate to literally only own one shirt because every other shirt we're giving away. But if you can't fit all your clothes in your closet, now is a good time to cut it in half and give the rest away. <laughs> Whether it's someone you know or um, a meaningful nonprofit in town who could actually use these clothes with the people they are serving. And obviously this goes far beyond our actual wardrobe and our kitchen and the food that we have. One of the most important ways that God highlights for how his people should love others is to give generously, to give sacrificially. Jesus praises the widow dropping two coins 
into the offering plate at the temple because she's giving all that she has. She's giving it to the Lord. And anytime that we are helping other people, we're sharing a meal with them, we're giving away some of our possessions or selling things or giving money to meaningful causes, we're giving that to the Lord. And he's directing it to the people that need it. And that certainly is first and foremost true at our church. When we tithe to our churches, we're giving it to God. He's directing it. He's leading our pastors and elders and whoever it is at your church and how they manage the budget and all those sorts of things. But we're not giving to them or those programs. We're giving to the Lord. Jesus tells us that when we give even a cup of water to one of his children who is in need, who is thirsty, it's like we're giving it to him. Everything that we do to give generously to others is an act of giving to the Lord. Now, again, when we're super busy, it can be really easy to start overlooking this. Um, Hopefully you can have some routines in place, like just that regular monthly gift that goes to the church or to the homeless shelter or to the crisis pregnancy center or wherever it is, you're sponsoring a child, you know, there's all sorts of things out there that we might give to, but take advantage too of opportunities of people that you are interacting with. If a friend is asking you for prayer because, you know, their husband just lost their job and they're struggling, well, pick up some extra food when you're at the grocery store and drop off a meal (laughs) or, you know, there's a thousand ways we could help them. Um, offer to come over and vacuum the floor, like whatever it might be. If, you know, your kids are on a soccer team with other kids, get to know the parents, chat with them, bring snacks for all the kids to share. There's all sorts of ways in our regular lives that we can give to the people around us. I've been really surprised by our neighbors, how often people, now maybe it's because they see us out and about with triplets and (laughs) they feel sorry for us, but how often people will knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I got this this deli meat and I thought it was chicken, but it turns out it's roast beef. I don't really want it. Do you guys want it? <laughs> like, I've been really surprised how often our neighbors, who we don't really know very well, have knocked on the door to give us things because, I mean, I, mean, I don't know all the reasons why, other than it's a blessing to the Lord, it's a blessing <laughs> to us. And so we try to be intentional to do the same. If there's something we have that we don't really need or we're not really using, how can we give it to someone who would get more use out of it, more value out of it? So my friends, those are the three steps that I would really encourage you to highlight and press into, maybe especially as we head into the summer, offer hospitality, encourage and build others up and give generously to everyone. Is this true in our home? Absolutely. We want our kids to feel welcome. We want to encourage and build up our husbands. We want to give generously, you know, sharing our food with our crying toddler, you know, whatever it is. We want to give generously. But when we think about the people outside of our home, these are biblical, but also very natural ways for us to love others well. So I hope that With some of those examples I gave, you might think of a few examples for your own life, (laughs) things that, that actually fit with your, you know, do you have neighbors living two miles down the road because you own a ton of land and you're homesteading, or do you have neighbors where you can just knock on the wall because you have an apartment? (laughs) 
whatever it looks like, whether your kids are in sporting leagues or it's just story time at the library, wherever it is that you are interacting with people, you can be hospitable. You can invite them in. You can encourage them. You can give and help and share with them. And that is loving others well. So friends, that's what we have. Those are the four pillars of the Love Your People Well podcast. Love God, love yourself, love your family, which we broke down into your husband and your kids, and love others. And we have, I have intentionally developed free resources for each of these pillars. You can get all the free stuff online at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash free. We've got the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. We've got the 51 Self-Care Ideas List. We've got the five tools every busy mom needs to move her family from autopilot to intimacy. That's a a free five-day email course, very practical, very quick. You will walk away with an action plan to reconnect with your husband, your kids, your family. Um, And we've got the Conflict Resolution Checklist you know, certainly hits on the family relationships, but also the workplace and our small groups and our churches and our friends and all the people we interact with where there's a possibility for conflict to come up. So there's a ton of resources from Love Your People Well, but even just zooming in on the three steps we've talked about, we've talked about that this week in five areas because we broke apart family into husband and kids. That's 15 action steps. Now, can you walk away this weekend and do 15 new things? Probably not. Hopefully they're not all new. (laughs) Maybe they're just a reminder or an encouragement, but just pick one. Pick one, press into it, pray about it, find scriptures that encourage you and challenge you and convict you in that area and take action. Whatever action it is that the Lord is pressing into your heart and your life. But I hope that these thoughts about all of these pillars and tonight, especially loving others well, I hope this is encouraging. I hope this is helpful. And thank you for being a part of the Love Your People Well community. Hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.